Welcome to the Data Podcast. My name is Brian Ward, the creator and host of the Data Podcast. I am a coach, Marine Corps veteran, speaker, husband, and you guessed it, a dad. Are you ready to be inspired to be the best dad you can be for your family? This show will provide you with the tips, tools, and strategies to do just that. Are you a dad just going through the motions? Or are you looking to really elevate your dad game to the next level? Truth is, it is a blessing to be a dad. This is a responsibility we must take seriously. In the end, how do you want to be remembered? I hope you want to be remembered as a phenomenal dad. Your legacy starts in the home, not outside the home. If you're really ready to elevate your dad game, then make sure you bang that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now, let's get started. Data. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. Thank you guys very much for joining me. I'm joined by a phenomenal guy. Uh, he's not only an author, but he's a dad, and I'm excited to dive into the stuff that he's doing uh, to help you as parents and help your kids. And we'll get into all that, but my good friend, Josh Brisbane, has joined me on Dad Up. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Brian. I really appreciate you uh, having me on. It's, uh, it's an honor, so I appreciate it. It's early in the morning over here on the West Coast, and uh, we're starting bright and early, so I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Um, well, let's dive right in. My, for my listeners who may not know who you are, um, let's let's dive into your backstory, kind of a little bit of history about you, how you grew up, all that kind of stuff, and then how you got into the things that you're doing now, um, your book, all that. And then obviously, this is a dad podcast, so more importantly, about your kids as well. So um, yeah. get it. Well, like we just discovered, we grew up pretty close to each other. I'm a, I grew up in Laverne, um, nice suburban little area outside of L.A., and uh, I never learned how to defend myself or fight or anything. I went to college, um, picked up fighting, um, kind of a, you know, joined a fight club, actually. It wasn't, I'm not, didn't go through the ranks or do all that fun stuff, but I learned to, you know, I, at the time I learned to fight just because I wanted to be a tough guy. I wanted, you know, all the vanity reasons why young men want to learn how to fight. Right. Um, and now as a father, as a family man, I'm glad I did all that. And I, I went in the cages and I learned how to fight. But now my main goal is to pr protect my family, protect my son, protect my wife at all costs. And so I've taken all the things that I've learned. I've been in mixed martial arts for about 20 years off and on. I've done Krav Maga, Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, Muay Thai, and I rolled it all up. And now um, I wrote the book, Hard to Kill. Um, it's it's basically I want to inspire the average person, right? Because I'm not a UFC champion. I didn't go to Thailand and, and, and become a Muay Thai kickboxer. I'm just an average guy who took it upon myself to learn all these disciplines and roll them up and just say, hey, this is what I can provide for you guys. So the book is hard to kill. It's the life lessons that I've learned um, that I think are valuable to people, fathers, uh, husbands, protectors that they can utilize and say, hey, you know what? If this average guy can do it, why can't I? And I think in this day and age, especially out here in California, where you can turn on the news right now and you can see people being attacked in broad daylight. No more are the days where, you know, two o'clock in the morning, you might hear somebody sneaking in your house. They're doing it in broad daylight. And we need to step up and start protecting ourselves. And it starts the moment you walk out of that door. So that's the message I get out to people. Um, it doesn't matter if you're a woman. I, you know, I teach kids. I teach women. I teach anybody who wants to come to the classes and courses and get involved. Um, it doesn't matter. I want everybody to stand up for themselves. And, you know, that doesn't mean walk out, open up your chest and have a big S on it and say, here I am. Let's go and try to be, a you know, a badass. Um, I just don't want people to walk in fear and not know the basic situational awareness tactics that I teach. And we, when we go over, um, there's, there's, there's things that you can do to avoid danger, avoid, you know, being a victim, but that's me in a, in a nutshell is I am the average guy just trying to inspire the average person to become hard to kill because I'm tired of the way the crazy world is going. And if I have a certain, like, like Liam Neeson says, if I have a particular set of skills that can help you become hard to kill, then that's my message. That's what I want to share. And that's what I'm doing right now with Savage Syndicate. Oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> now, how, how many kids you got? How old, what's our ages? I just had the one nine-year-old and he uh, keeps me really active. I'm very fortunate that he is involved in my passion, surfing number one and, and protecting and fighting. So he does jujitsu. Um, so 
we, we know we grew up uh, doing, he, I was a soccer coach and I was all the typical things. And then he saw me surfing and then he saw me coming home from jujitsu and fighting. And he just, you know, I never wanted to be that dad where you have to do this or you have, I let him do whatever he wants to do and whatever he wants to gravitate towards. You know, if it's baseball, I don't know anything about baseball, but I'll, I'll, I'll surround him with people who know how to do it. Right. Um, with the proper coaches and stuff. So I'm very fortunate. He's picked up jujitsu and surfing. So um, he wants to do flag football, but he only wants to show up to the games. He doesn't want to practice. Cause I said, you know, they're going to have practices. Are you going to have to choose between jujitsu and your surfing and flag football? He says, well, I just want to show up for the games. I'm like, yes, yeah, and that's not really how it works. You got to put the time <laughs> and you got to learn to play. So right now he's very active in jujitsu. Jiu- jiu- he has a tournament. We both do uh, next week. What, yeah. in the 17th. Um, and he just had a surfing contest last weekend. Um, so he's very active. He's very uh, physical young man. He's nine years old. Uh, he goes to a homeschool campus out here in San Clemente. Um, so because the systems out here are so crazy that we wanted to handpick what he's being taught. Um, so he goes to like it's like it's a campus, but we hire the teachers individually. They're like vendors. And so he's at that campus right now. So, yeah, just one right now, nine years old. And, uh, you know, that's another reason why I stay fit and do all the things that I do, because I got to keep up with him. Dad, let's go throw the football. OK, dad, let's go do this. Dad, this new thing. You wanted to go ice skating the other day. I should have said no. Because my feet, my ankles were so beat up. I'm like, man, this is a whole nother world I got to get into now. That's cool. I mean, you're being active with him and um, being attentive to uh, the things that interest him. And that's one of the keys in parenting is just, you know, some parents say that, you know, they have a hard time connecting with their child. And I tell them, find things that they're interested in and get interested in them, even if it's video games. You know, especially through the pandemic, I had a lot of parents reaching out to me saying, hey, I can't get my kids off the video games. And I said, well, they're kind of stuck in the house. They can't go out anywhere because of the pandemic. So why not get into the video games with them? What's the harm in that? As long as, you know, they're getting everything else done, their chores and homework and all that. Have fun with the video games. Have them teach you. Act like you're interested. So that way uh, it kind of helps build that bond and that relationship and keeps you guys both connected. So uh, that's cool that you're doing that stuff. Um, Let me ask you this, though. You you said that you weren't in... Uh, you weren't really into uh, protecting yourself as a young man. Um, were you bullied or did you have those experiences as a kid? I wasn't bullied in the sense of like getting picked on and hit every single day. There was scenarios and I have one in the book here and I, and I remember it vividly, <clears throat> um, you know, just on the playground in grade school and the guy, I got shoved and I got hit and I was like, I didn't defend myself. And it drove me nuts. It drives me nuts this day that, it was it, like the fear took over, right? I didn't defend myself. And that's why I'm so eager to teach people now that get past that fear. There's ways to do it. And there's ways that I don't ever want to feel like that victim scenario again. So um, it did, it did motivate me, but I didn't realize it motivated me years later, right? It wasn't like that happened on a Tuesday. And on Wednesday, I was at a studio trying to learn how to fight. It was emotional, you know, it, it, you know, it was like all kids, they get picked on or whatever. It hurt and all those emotions that go with it. But it didn't really surface until I started writing this book. And I'm like, there was that one incident and that like, really pissed me off. It really hurt. But all these things, because in my, and I also mentioned that my dad never, you know, great dad, great childhood. I'm, I'm never knocked that at all. But he never taught me how to fight. You know, he never taught me how to properly throw a punch. Um, and so that's why, you know, we always kind of want to do a little bit better than what we were raised. That's why at nine years old, I'm very active in teaching my son because, yeah, it's great to defend yourself, but we run scenarios like if, if somebody grabs your arm, like for a kidnapping scenario or if somebody, you know, we have safe words. And I I just want to instill in him um, the power that I didn't have when I was a kid. So um, not that my dad failed in any aspect at all, but he didn't talk to me about this kind of stuff. He grew up in a really neat Baldwin Park. Um, he went to military school. He had all these, he had, he had to defend himself a lot and fight for his life. Um, so maybe that's why he didn't, because he was trying to better me. Like I'm trying to better my son, but in no aspects did he teach me, put your hands up. This is how you block. This is how you hit. So then after that, you know, after that incident, you know, I didn't go into fighting, but until I was about 2021, that's when I started going, wow, you know, UFC, we all grew up watching it. Um, Mike Tyson fighting, and I had interest in it, but I never put on gloves or put in a mouthpiece and went at it until I was about 21, 22 years old. Mm. So 
isn't it amazing the things that we go through as a child that had such an impact on us, good or bad, that we still can reflect on as an adult um, and think back to? Because I can, I can think back to times that I wasn't bullied either, but there were times that I was picked on and had to defend myself. Um, and I can remember a handful of times that, and I can pick them out uh, and and reflect back on that memory in what took place. And it's crazy how long ago that was. And, and it's still, um, it's still in my memory bank. Um, but my dad was on the, you know, he was the flip side of things. He did teach me how to defend myself. Um, he didn't encourage fighting, uh, and didn't like the fighting part of it. But at the same time, he said, you know, if you're ever up against a wall where you have to defend yourself, this is what you do. This is what you do. This is what you do. Um, so he did teach me how to defend myself and I had to use those skills from time to time growing up. And so it was always a part of my life. And then, you know, when I got out of high school, uh, I went into the Marine Corps and obviously the Marine Corps, they teach you how to fight and teach you how to kill and uh, they teach you how to cuss and drink too. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I, I picked those skills up in the Marines and um, I wanted to make sure that my kids knew the basics. I wasn't necessarily going to encourage them to take karate or any of those types of things. If they were interested in that, great. But uh, that was never a part of my life. Um, and I just let them, like you did, I just kind of let them pick what they were interested in. And they just kind of gravitated towards sports. Um, but yeah. I did teach my kids, hey, this is how you defend yourself. This is what you need to do here. This is what you need to do in this scenario. And my boys have both had experiences in school um, or out and about where they've had to defend themselves. Um, so uh, it's very important. And especially today with you know, especially like crime rate and all that kind of stuff going as on the rise. Um, we have to be more aware of those types of things and also be aware of our surroundings. One of the things that I think about with the military that they taught me is be aware of your surroundings. Because when you're in war, when you're in combat, you have to be, your head has to be on a swivel. You have to be aware of your surroundings. And I know that when I go into a place, if it's a strange environment, particularly a strange environment, I will always measure out the room. I will always scan the room. It's just a natural thing that I do. It's just, just, just naturally to me. I just naturally gravitate or do it. Um, but I'll scan the room. I look at the people. I look at the exits. Uh, and then typically I will, my back, if I'm sitting down somewhere or standing up in a room, my back will not be at an exit. My back will be facing an exit. So, I mean, my, my I will be facing an exit. So that way I know I can see who's coming in and out, or I can see the exit to get to it if I need to. Uh, <clears throat> that's just something I think I learned in the military, but it's something that I taught my boys as well. Even in coaching, I coach sports throughout their lives all the way up through high school and I'd be in the gym and it's a gym that I'm familiar with, but my back is against the wall. I'm facing the exits so I can see who's coming in and out of the gym at practices yeah. or games. It's just something that I naturally do. Um, my boys are 24 and 21. And if they wanted to take on, you know, karate or, you know, get into, you know, I don't know the the gym and work out in a, in a boxing ring or, or, or a cage, uh, it's not something I would be against. I do know that there are a lot of parents that are against their kids fighting and um, don't really see the benefit of, I guess, defending themselves more like uh, the mentality of run before you have to defend yourself. Why do you think that is? Why do you think parents are so scared to teach their kids self-defense tactics? I think it's because of kind of the society we live in where they think, you know, I've had this all my, my whole life. Everybody I've met um, who I say, yeah, you know, it's hard to say that you were a cage fighter or that you were a, an amateur MMA fighter because they all have the stigma of two men enter, one man leaves, right? They all have that brutal no teeth like just barbarian stigma that goes with fighting um, so i think a lot of parents if they're not involved in any kind of martial arts or sports like that then they have that stigma their whole life that's the way they are and so obviously the kids they're thinking okay they don't want their kid to be a no teeth cauliflower ear kid you know that's your future you know we want to want you to be studious and that's all great too but I think that's where the breakdown is, is the parents don't understand it. They don't understand the necessity of it. 
And I, like I said earlier, I'm not having my kid go out there and walk around with an arrogance because he knows how to fight. We are very strict on no bullying. If he ever is ever an issue, we pull the plug on jujitsu. We pull the plug on surfing. And we highly stress that what you know is very important to know, but it's also dangerous if you use it. We joke around and say, if you use it for evil, right? Well, you got to use it for good. Um, so I think a lot of parents don't want their kid and they need to, they need to understand that they're doing their kid a disservice. I mentioned in my book that it's our jobs as parents, right? If you send your kid to the beach, you wouldn't, or, or I, I use the a reference of like, Hey, you wouldn't send your kid to a pool party and just drop them off without having your kid know how to swim, right? You're doing your kid a disservice. Your kid's not going to have fun. You're making those pain. If you don't stay, there's people that drop their kids off at parties. I'm the one who stays there and watches. But um, if you don't, if your kid's around a pool, teach them how to swim, right? You're not going to just live the, have a kid in a bubble. If you teach your kid how to defend themselves, you can, you're, you're, you're giving them all the tools to be successful in life. You know, you teach them how to read, you teach them how to do math, you teach them history. To me, learning how to defend yourself is just as important as those other things, because there's going to be bullies. There's going to be assholes. There's going to be people out there that are going to see how you hold yourself. You know, the shy, quiet kid. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm a pretty shy guy normally. But predators look at that stuff and they're going to go up and they're going to pick on those kids. And if those kids don't defend themselves, it could just take one, two punch. And that guy's going to be like, OK, this kid knows a little something. It's a little harder to, to take what I want out of him, make him a victim. I'm going to go to the next guy. So you made little Johnny no longer a victim. That gets little Johnny's, um, you know, his confidence. You build his confidence. It. it I only think teaching your kids how to fight and not in the sense of like put two kids in a cage and let them go at it. My son doesn't go in a cage. My son doesn't go into boxing anymore because they were doing some uh, sparring stuff. I mean, he doesn't need unnecessary hits to the head. So we're very cautious of the training that he does get, but it's crucial in teaching him now. So when he's 15, 16, 17, and maybe he doesn't want to do it, right? Maybe, and then I, it, it's totally his choice. I'm not going to pressure him to getting the next belt or the next competition, but at least he has a foundation. He has a base that he can rely on that when, you know, Joe Blow tries to pick on him, he knows enough to where he's not going to be picked on. He's not going to be the victim. So I think parents need to understand that, that we teach our kids how to drive. We teach our kids all these tools right? With the hopes that they're going to be an upstanding individual once they leave the house. Well, I think in that core group of things that we need to teach them is how to defend themselves. So we need to, I talk to parents all the time about, you know, what training does for kids. It's confidence booster. They walk around with a little bit more, you know, it's a watch a nature show. Lions go after the weak ones, right? It's not the big bad bulls that they're going after. They're going after the weak ones. Same thing with human nature. The kids are looking after kids who are head down, you know, not paying attention or easy targets. If you teach your kid not to be an easy target, um, only great things could happen from that. So parent, I, I would encourage the parents to overcome that stigma. And how do you do that? Educate yourself. Look into a martial arts school. Look into, don't watch a UFC event where it might be bloody and guys are breaking arms and stuff, but do it the right, the right way. Go to a, a martial arts class. Everybody... Those parents who don't think it's important for their kids usually think that a martial arts studio is going to be full of those people that I just mentioned, the no teeth, the disrespectful. But if you go into a martial arts studio, it is the most courteous, well-respected, upkept. I mean, there, there's there's protocol. You can't go in there and just walk on the mat, spit, do all, it's it's a it is like a church in there, honestly. It's like it's such a great community. And once they come into that, they'll see that it's not just two barbarians or, you know, any thugs going at it. It's an educational experience with honor and respect and loyalty. And every kid I know that comes through a course with us or does mixed martial arts, they're only better for it. You see the change in these kids. So I would highly recommend parents get past that stigma and, and go a step further and get their kids in some kind of martial arts program. Yeah, I agree with that. I've, I've been in um, martial arts myself. Um, I've gone and participated in um, a studio and as an adult, I did this as an adult. And I'll say that, uh, you know, you walk in there 
And this, it's a different, it's almost a, like a different atmosphere. The second you walk in the door, because you can feel the level of respect that not only the students have for the studio, but also the students have for the instructors and you have to show that respect and they demand it. Um, and then they teach you, uh, not only the self, um, defense side of things, but they also teach you self-discipline and how to yeah. be a disciplined person and more mature. Uh, and I saw that in, you know, as an adult, I was attending these classes and I saw these younger kids showing this level of respect to not only the instructors, but others in the class, either other students or parents. Um, and you're right. It's absolutely a completely different environment. Uh, and I, so I can, I can attest to what you're saying. It is absolutely the truth now, you might get a, you might get a knucklehead here and there, but it doesn't last in a studio. You should, you have those knuckleheads in the studio. Um, the instructors are very, uh, adamant, keeping the respect level high and tre treating others with respect. Um, so absolutely 100% agree with that, uh, for sure. Um, Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about um, your book and what was the purpose behind uh, Hard to Kill? So the book Hard to Kill, um, it is just most people think, OK, hard to kill. you got to put 10 years to get your black belt. you got to you got to go become a, a special ops or a an ex Navy SEAL. you got to come this high echelon of badass, you know, being a badass to be hard to kill. But my point is, I'm not ex-military. I'm not law enforcement. I am just a person, an average guy, a father, a husband, an entrepreneur who has taken it upon myself that I, as the average person, can do it. I want to inspire you to do it. And that's the whole thing. I'm not going online and Mr. Miyagi, like, do 100 jabs, bah, 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 right? I do have training courses and stuff that you can do. But my main goal is if Bob Smith in Idaho reads this. I want Bob Smith to be like, man, hard to kill. Why can't I do it? And I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story. I just got it this morning on social media. Um, a guy wrote out to me and I've gone back and forth with him about a few other business things. And he says, hey, man, I was thinking about you yesterday. He goes, I had a road rage incident and the guy was chasing me and he was trying to run me off the road. I was trying to evade him. And I was thinking, shit, what's going to happen if this guy comes at me? He goes, I had my firearm with me, but he goes, I can't use, what if I didn't have my firearm? What do I do? Man, what would Josh do right now? And I was like, oh man, I got to make that a podcast. I got to do something with that story. But it's just making people, and I've gotten a few things like that, not to that extent, but I've gotten people say, hey, you know what? You kind of lit a fire under my butt that I got to get out there. I got to, I have four principles of, of being hard to kill. And one of them is fitness and strength and conditioning, right? Um, it, you know, and like you said, we talked about earlier, situational where the four principles are situational awareness, strength and conditioning, uh, intense training and consistency. So it's it's once you learn the situational awareness tactics, it becomes second nature to you. So that's a way to become hard to kill. As soon as you walk out of that house, there's little tactics. You become like a streetlight. There's yellow, red and green. You become yellow. But the goal of that book was to just tell people that you as an average person, a family man, a, a, you know, a, a good citizen, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm not a thug. I'm not a, you know, a, out there committing crimes, but I'm hard to kill. If you come at me, I have a certain set of skills that'll make your life hard. You come after my family, it's, it's, it's go time, right? And so I've done that by putting it in the blood, sweat and tears. And so I, the book was inspired because I want to inspire other people to do that. Um, the victim mentality needs to stop, especially with this day and age, especially out here in California, as you know, bad shit is happening to good people every single day. And so it's time for the good people to put a little extra effort in, right? We put a little extra money into investments, crypto, this, that, and that. Why wouldn't you invest in your own protection, your family's protection? That number one reason right there is my family, that's my son and my wife. That's the number one reason why I keep grinding. And I was at the gym this morning. I'll have jujitsu tonight. Um, I hit the bag. I do Muay Thai, I do tactical courses. All of that is to keep them safe right there. So my goal with that book is to inspire everybody. You can come to me for training and that's great. And I have other places you can go. But the goal is, like I said, of Idaho, Wisconsin, New York, wherever you're at, say, man, I got, I read that book, Hard to Kill. I'm going to look up a gym in my area. I'm going to look at a place where I can go learn the basics, right? The fundamentals of how to be hard to kill. And that's why I wrote the book. And that's what I want people to get out of it. 
Oh, that's excellent. Um, it's interesting you brought up a story of um, road rage because we think about our kids when they hit those teenage years and they're getting their licenses. And one of the things that you talk about with your kids is make sure you're driving safely. Um, and obviously, if you get pulled over, give the officer respect, all those all those things. But I don't know that there's many discussions with road rage. Uh, and there have been times in my life, uh, you know, I, I have had tempers in the past um, that have escalated to almost road rage situations. I had an incident with my boys, just a real quick story. I had an incident with my boys. They were much younger. Uh, my younger son, who's now 21, I think he was about four at the time, but I had both my boys in the car and a guy was right on my, we're going through my neighborhood and a guy was right on my bumper. I mean, just like he was in a hurry. And so I pulled up to the light and instead of him waiting for me to turn right, he decided to fly around me and turn right and nearly cut me off. I mean, just I almost went into him because I didn't expect him to just fly around me and cut me off. So I got pissed and started honking my horn and waving at him. And he I pulled up next to him and he's, you know, doing all kinds of stuff with his hands and telling me to pull over. And I, OK, so I pulled over and he pulled over. I got out of the car. Cause I was going to destroy this dude. I got out of the car. He gets out of the car, but as I'm getting out, I tell my boys stay right here. And my, my younger son started crying and screaming, no dad, don't, don't, don't. And that just hit me. I mean, yeah. it was like that instant. I was like, what, what in the world am I doing right now? Right. So this guy's <laughs> out of his car. And I finally like that just hit me and said, you need to stop what you're doing because this is not going to go well. And yeah. I got back in my car and he was standing out of his car and I just pulled away. And I said, you know what, guys, I'm, I'm sorry. I should not have done that. Um, had my boys not been there, it might've been a different picture, but I, sh I said, I should not have done that. That was wrong of me. And now this guy's flying up on me and he's still waving at me. And I just ignored him and he ended up flying, you know, just carrying on. But that was one incident that I think back to, and it took my kids to stop me and realize, you know what, you're a dad. You're a young dad. You got two young kids in the car that you just put their lives in danger. And road rage now is much scarier. That was, you know, almost, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Um, yeah. Road rage now is much dangerous where, you know, people are, people are not afraid to pull guns and pull weapons. And I tell my kids all the time, do not confront somebody that's driving erratic or doing something stupid. Just get out of their way and let them go by. Don't, don't make eye contact, those kind of things. Um, for a parent that maybe has a teenage son or daughter that's just starting to learn how to drive, what, what advice would you give to those parents about, you know, road rage incidents where, you know, maybe they do have to defend themselves? What would you recommend? Not what you did. Don't right. get out of your car. <laughs> um, yeah, like what you said, Kids learn more by what we do, right? Not by what we say. So I've had the same scenario happen to me, a road rage incident. And I laughed and I was like, this guy is like going crazy. And the more I laughed, the more irate he got. And he was flipping out. And he was on the side of my, side of my son's car because we were in a traffic jam. And he was like doing all that. And so no harm, no foul. He was trying to get out and I just drove off. But my son my son says, what were you going to do if he, uh, he had a weapon? Because that's how we think. It was like, that's why you don't want to engage these guys. Cause like you said, there's different levels of crazy. We're upstanding citizens, but that gentleman could have just got out of jail and he has no problem going back. Right. His, his level of, of, of ethical, you know, reasoning, you don't know it. So right. what, what, what might piss me off is, you know, one thing, what might piss him off is another and what, how we react is totally different. So never engage is what I would tell my kid. Oh, and then what my son said, what would you have done if you got out of the car? I said, I would have used the best weapon I had. He's like, what's that? I said, my big ass truck. I would have pinned him in his car, right? Because that's, if he's coming after me on my son's side of the car. Hey, my car is just, you know, it's replaceable. I, you know, I love my car and my truck, but it's not, it's a tool. It's a weapon, right? If I got to use it, I got to use it. Cause I'm not going to reach over and, and use a lot of different scenarios, but I told him I'd pin him in and he's like, okay. And I, I talked about the scenario. I said, what did you, what did you see that I did that, you know, you would, uh, you, you know, how would you handle that situation? He said, well, 
you did it right. I mean, you didn't get angry. You just kind of laughed it off, but it really pissed that guy off that you were laughing. I said, yeah, but I can't control that guy, right? Control the controllables. I can only control what I can control. He was having a bad day because it was a very small infraction. I don't even actually know what it was. There, there was a light or a red stop or a stop sign when we were by a school. So everybody was jammed up and I just snuck out and that flipped them out. But whatever. But what I would tell people with their teenage kids is do not engage. Um, this is a crazy world we live in where people, criminals are getting away with more and more stuff. So if they ram you with the car and you get upset, you get out of the car. This gentleman has a knife, has a or a one punch hit. How many times have we seen one hit? You fall back, hit your head and you you get injured or you do the punch. He hits his head. He dies. You get in your car, drive off. Who's going to be the one in trouble? You over a road rage incident, over a small infraction, or at the time you thought was was end all be all. I'm upset, code red, I'm I'm going. And now it's a life-altering event, not for you, just for you, but you, your family, your your kids, your wife, his family, all the ripple effect, all because of a, maybe a cutoff or whatever the case may be. So when you have these kids and we can't be with them, right? Don't engage. Obviously, drive within the rules. I drive fast. I, I like to go quickly, but I'm doing it safely, I'd like to think. Um, but drive safely, drive under the rules, and don't engage. Don't. I had a homeless guy in Dana Point. I was coming home from jiu-jitsu, and he had the crazy eye. He was a homeless dude, and he walked right in front of my car while I was driving. There was no stunt. And he was looking for a fight. And I just sat there, and I looked at him, and I smiled. I said, keep going, my man, because... The same scenario, I would have nudged him with my car before I got out and come confronted him. One, I don't know if he has a weapon. He's obviously not all there. He's a little skid to it. But I get out and destroy him. Now I'm in trouble. Cop's going to say, what were you doing? Why did you engage in that? And I'm like, well, he was walking in front of my car. At the end of the day, is that is that harming me? Is that putting anything in danger? No. So if you look, and, and I, I know it's easier said than done. I've been in the instances where I've done stupid things in the past, but I'd like to say I learned from them. So that's why I'm saying if you have a kid and you're teaching their kids how to do the right thing, do not engage. But also with that, do have them know how to protect themselves because if Johnny Badass wants to come up and they're at a stop sign and your kid's abiding by the law, they're going to have to stop at a light, right? And Johnny Badass gets out, don't engage. Call 911. If a guy starts pounding, then take off, break a law. But if he is chasing you, like your scenario, pull up to a gas station or a, a, a police station. If you can't find a police station because you're going to be panicked, you're going to your adrenaline's going to be flowing. Go to a place that has a lot of people. It could be a gas station or a grocery store, or go somewhere that's well lit. If it's at night, a well lit area. Don't go into a parking lot and play his game and think, oh, we're just going to talk about this in instance and we're just I'm going to calm him down. You don't know this other person's crazy, so you do not need to engage in this. If you are driving off and a police officer stops you, tell them what you're doing. Police officers are human. They understand. They have kids. They're going to understand that, okay, you were out running this guy for whatever reason, and but at least you have the cops involved now. But there's just don't engage with these people because if they're just if if they're going to let it, especially if they see a young kid now driving and they're still that heated. Sometimes if somebody's doing a knucklehead thing and I pull up, I'm like, ah, kid's 18 years old. He just started driving, whatever, you know, you just got to take everything with a grain of salt. And so don't have your kids engage in any of this nonsense that's out there happening right now. Yeah. I tell my boys that all the time because, um, you know, they've had instances in the past where, you know, things have happened while they're driving. And I've, I've told them constantly, just don't, don't engage, just back off, let them, let them be crazy. Cause you're right. You don't know what they're going through. They could have had something traumatic happen that day that has just thrown them uh, off the rails and you have no idea what they're going through. Um, I just literally had an incident last night. I'm driving home. I had a green light. I see a car on at the side road turning right to go on the street that I was on, but there was two lanes. And as I'm going through the light, I see this guy start to turn and I assume he's going to turn in the, in the lane next to me, but no, he comes over into my lane. Now I'm already in that lane and he's coming over. I had to, Josh, this is no joke. I had to swerve. I didn't even have time to hit the horn. I had to swerve into oncoming traffic in the other lane. Luckily, there were no cars there, but I had to swerve into the other side of the road 
in order to avoid him. This was just last night. And immediately I, you know, I was pissed because he, I almost T-boned the guy and I, I just continued driving. I had to just focus on my driving and I didn't even look at the guy because who knows what that person was doing? Who knows what they were going through? They may have a kid that they were trying to control while they were trying to drive. It, I have no idea, but I didn't even uh, acknowledge the person after I drove by him. But um, <clears throat> you just never know the situation that you're in or the other person is in. Uh, and you're right. Engaging is not the answer. I think um, when I also think about um, safety and protecting ourselves, I think about our homes. And I think about the things that we have to do in order to protect ourselves in our homes. This is our safe space, right? We teach our kids that your home is your safe space. And we just had an incident last weekend where my neighbor across the street had an attempted break-in. And I was talking to them about it. And uh, she was asking me about our house and the kind of security system we have. And we had an incident about six, eight months ago where my next door neighbor had a guy that came up on their driveway trying to open up their car doors in the middle of the night. And he has security cameras and he caught it on, on video and he sent it to me and said, Hey, just want to let you know. Well, when he sent that to me, I told my wife, I said, that's it. We're getting security cameras and we're doing the whole, whole, whole deal. So we did, we got security cameras all put in uh, alarm system, all upgraded, everything done. Um, and I was telling my neighbor across the street, um, invest in the security cameras, invest in an alarm. Uh, it's a little bit of money every month. It's not a big deal. Um, but one of the things that I did encourage her to do is to get a gun. Uh, we have a gun in the house. Um, it's, you know, it's something that we keep just for protection. Um, but my wife doesn't like to have a gun, but it's for that need of protection in case it's needed. Um, is that something that you would encourage parents to do to protect their families, get a gun? Maybe there's, there's many people out there that don't believe in, in carrying, carrying a weapon or having a weapon in the house, um, like a gun. What's your thoughts on that? I hundred percent agree. Uh, my theory is I always have scenarios in my head, you know, and they're very drastic scenarios. There's some more mellow, but every scenario ends up with me being harmed. So why wouldn't I want to give every advantage to myself? So with fighting, with weapons, knives, guns, anything, anything can be a weapon too. But yes, I do think every home should have a gun. With that said, I also think everybody who owns a gun should go to the range, hire a professional, and have them teach them properly with the guns that they have. Because most people get a gun and put it away and say, hey, I have a gun now. Well, that's a false sense of security because have you gone, woken up at two in the morning and done the drills of getting that gun, making sure it's cocked and locked and ready to rock and cleared your house? Do you know where your kids' rooms are? Because if a predator's here and you shoot, you miss Johnny Badass and you shoot your kid's room. Have you done those drills? And that's what I tell people is once you get the gun, that's only half the battle, right? Now you have to do all the training that goes with that gun. And you have to do the drills. You have to do the dry runs. You have to do the dry firing. There's so many different techniques that you can do. Just like um, with anything that we want to do, like if you want to get your license, right, you have to study for it. You have to drive for six months with you, with your parent. You have to do all these other things. And you have to get tested. Unfortunately, you know, not unfortunately, but it's pretty easy to get a gun. But unfortunately, most people think that they once they get that gun, they put it somewhere, hopefully in a, in a safe, in a lockbox or whatever, and it's protected from the other you know, kids or whatever. But they think, oh, I got that gun. I'm fine. Right. And unfortunately, you're not because the crime or the, per, the perpetrator is going to come in. Maybe they are well versed with their guns, but you don't know if there's one or two or three. So what I do with my guns is I practice going to the house clean. I actually had to do it the other night. My wife says, Josh, there was a loud noise. Okay, babe. Well, I didn't hear it. The dogs didn't hear it. How loud a noise was this? Is it me with my gun? Me with my knife? Me or just going? She goes, get down there. I'm like, all right, here I go. So I cleared the house. And, you know, it just turned out that the wind was blowing last week, right? And it was palm prong, you know, palm frond fellow with it, whatever. But I knew what to do because I've done that so many times, not just in my head, but I've also done drills with, you know, waking up in the, in the early morning. I've done it at two o'clock in the afternoon where, you know, I'm awake already and I've cleared the house. I've waken up out of a dead sleep. I'll set my alarm. I got to go. And, and that's what you got to train yourself for. You can't think that you're prepared just when like, okay, you, you know, you always got to be prepared for an attack, not at just right times. You wake up. Okay. 
three o'clock, I'm going to simulate. Oh, I feel good. I had my coffee. I had my tea or whatever. I'm pretty good. Let's go. No, attacks happen when you're least expecting, when you're unpos- you're not ready. Most fights obviously stand toe to toe, right? But practice getting attacked from the behind, from the side, while you're sleeping, home invasion drills. These are all things that I've done and I do on a normal, regular basis. Because once you have that gun, you need to learn how to use that gun and you need to learn how to use that gun under distress, right? Because the guy could be already on top of you, could be hurting your wife, could be in your kid's room. And now you got to take this gun and go, you're going to make this life and death decisions like that. And so get that gun, have a professional come and teach you how to clear your house and then practice on your own. The gun is a great tool to have. And I'm a hundred percent supporter of having your own guns. I have many here and I have them not just in my, my home or in my, my bedroom, but I have them downstairs because I'm, I'm at home doing whatever. And somebody comes through that front door. I can't say, wait, time, time, time out. Let me run upstairs and go grab my gun real quick. And then let me come back down. No shit happens. And it happens quick. So I have things stashed everywhere that if you're coming, you know, because at night, most people count sheep to go to sleep. I run scenarios through my head of being attacked. How am I going to protect my family? How am I going to protect my kid? We have safe words and it's not being paranoid, which is a lot of people I get like, you must live in a paranoid world. Not at all. I don't army crawl from here to the bathroom. I, I live a pretty normal life, but I'm aware. I'm situationally aware of what's going on around me. And I practice, practice, practice what I tell everybody else to do. So yes, get a gun, but professionally be trained on how to use that gun. Yeah. Um, I think that's uh, key is learning how to use that gun. And I, I think not only that, but also going to the range, you know, every so often and practicing using that gun on top of that, learning how to clean the gun. I mean, those things yeah. are important as well. So learning how, learning the functions of the gun and learning the the different components of it uh, and how to clean it is super important. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we, we got the gun and we learned how to use it and we go to the range. We do those kinds of things as a family. Um, we do that. Um, my wife has not used a gun. Uh, she is afraid to use it. Um, and that's okay. But you know, if a situation comes up and she's home alone, she needs to know what to do. Um, and she does, but, um, super important. And I think today, especially like you said earlier, you know, criminals are doing this stuff in broad daylight and, you know, you have to be uh, aware of that. And I think having a security system in place, having cameras, um, spending a little, little bit of money every month to have cameras in place. I mean, we've, we've caught, I mean, they just caught door doorbell dingers, you know, guys bringing the doorbell and kids bringing the doorbell and running off. I got a notification yeah. on my phone it was last week, got a notification on my phone that uh, somebody was on our driveway. And then all of a sudden this bang, bang, bang on the door. And I'm like, that's weird. So I look at the camera and I didn't answer the door. I just looked at the camera and saw that there was these two kids that walked up on my porch and rang the doorbell. And then I saw them run off my lawn and run down the street. Okay, yeah. whatever. That's that's yeah. kind of stupid that kids are still doing that these days. But uh, anyways, <laughs> um, let me ask you one last question that I'll let you go. Uh, if yeah. parents you know, are interested in having their kids learn self-defense tactics, um, or at least something to kind of protect themselves. What would you say, and I know you can't demonstrate or anything like that, but what would you say would be, you know, the starting point of getting that done? Well, as, as a protector, I think it's crucial to have striking groundwork and then weapon control, right? It's this is why UFC started because everybody says jiu-jitsu is better than Muay Thai, boxing. Everybody competes in this and that. Um, I think for kids at a young age, uh, Krav Maga is really good. I know it gets a lot of uh, negative, uh, but talk to me about it because there's Krav Maga studios who teach one way and then there's other Krav Maga studios that will never let you hand-to-hand combat because they think it's too deadly. Um, I was very fortunate to get with a good group of guys that do Krav the right way. Um, so you can do Krav. Jiu-Jitsu, I think, is great for young kids because number one rule in fighting, street fighting, is you don't want to go to the ground. But now. Oh, you froze. Kid- oh, you froze. Oh. Sorry about that. You froze. I'm sorry. I just dropped so much gold nuggets right there. Are you- <laughs> <laughs> Am I back? <laughs> yeah, you're back. Okay. Um, you need to have a good base on the ground. So whether it's wrestling or jujitsu, I would recommend a lot of kids get into wrestling. Um, my son's into jujitsu. For those that don't know jujitsu, it's, uh, it's, you know, 
for women, how do women get hurt? They get in the rape situation, right? It's what we call that the guard position. There's so many things that you can do to an attacker that will create space and then run, right? I'm not, we don't teach most, no martial arts teaches you with the goal of destroying your person, right? They want you to create enough space where you can run. So jujitsu, wrestling, any kind of striking, which is like boxing or Krav Maga. Krav Maga kind of roll, a good Krav Maga studio will roll them up all in one. But if you had to go to one, you can go to jujitsu and you can learn how to basic, how your body moves. At a young age, we're still, you know, kind of wild and we're, you know, topsy-turvy. You get a good base with wrestling and jujitsu. And then from there, you get all those muscles and, and, and the things that you need to step up to, to a level. And striking will then come into place. Um, not just striking with your hands, but with your feet, <clears throat> excuse me, your knees, your elbows, your head. This whole thing is a weapon. And when it comes down to surviving in a fight, I'm using everything. There's no honor. I don't shake your hand and go, okay, no shots to the growing, no eye gouging. No. If I'm surviving, if I'm going out, if you're coming after me, you've crossed a line that I've already made in the sand and I'm going to rip your ears off. I'm going to bite you. I'm going to do some nasty things. Because the only, the number one goal I have is to get home to my family every night. And so with kids, you know, that sounded kind of brutal when I was talking about kids biting ears off and all this stuff. But wrestling, jiu-jitsu, and striking, boxing. And so those is what I would get you started in. But what I do for people as well is when you have these kind of questions, like, where do I start? I live in, I had a guy in the most remote area I've ever seen. He said, hey, I, I have nowhere to train. I Googled some spots for him. I said, you could either do this or I'll give you options. So if you give me your area, um, I'll, I'll give you my information. You can click the link and reach out to me. I'll help you find a great studio because not every studio is, is the same. There are some that, you know, might have things that you don't want to be involved in, like fighting and all that stuff. I'll research for you. Just tell me your goals of your child or yourself. Tell me your goals and what you want. I'll do the research for you and I'll help you out and give you some options of where you can go. But I do want everybody to get involved. I think at a very young age, kids need it. It only it only creates um, an upstanding, confident young person. So I, I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, so just reach out to me because it's hard to, you know, if little Johnny doesn't like this or little Johnny has some kind of disadvantage, you know, I, we work with kids that, you know, have bad arms. One doesn't extend further. So we work with them differently. Um, so just reach out to me and I will definitely help you in any way I can. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, the basics, uh, striking, um, positions and how to punch, uh, super important because kids can, you know, if they're not punching the right way, they can actually break their wrist or break their fingers. Um, so teaching them how to punch, that was one of the first things that I did with my boys is, is teaching them how to not only put their hands up and defend their, their face, their head area, yeah. but also how to strike and how to punch. Um, those are the most important things that I taught my boys at a very young age. Um, I mean, we have a boxing bag in the garage that, you know, they can punch on with boxing gloves and all that stuff. Uh, we just had an incident uh, last summer where we went with a little family get together up North and um, they had some boxing gloves. And so we, we threw the kids out in the backyard. So my, my two boys, you know, here they are, you know, they're 23 and 20 at the time, but they're out there with the boxing gloves on and they're having fun. They're boxing each other and they didn't do headshots because they had no headgear, uh, but they were just boxing each other and having fun. My wife was a little freaked out about it, but I said, they're fine. Let them, let them have it. Um, yeah. And so it's just, just kind of, they just had, they had some fun in it, but teaching kids proper um, stance, proper technique, proper punching. And if you don't know those things, like Josh said, if you don't know those things, reach out to him. He can tell you some studios in the area that'll help you with that stuff. But super important to have your kids defend themselves because listen, at the end of the day, our kids are typically away from us eight to 10 hours of the day. They're on their own, whether it's in school or sporting events, they're on their own. And you need to be able to be comfortable with the fact that they're on their own and they should be able to handle themselves in a situation if they need to. And that's really the point of this conversation is really teaching kids how to how to handle themselves in situations when they're not around us um, to yeah. protect them. So. Um, Josh, um, thank you again for being on brother. I really appreciate it for my listeners that maybe want to get in contact with you, maybe pick up the book, all those kinds of things, best place for them to do that. You can go to savage syndicate group.com. Um, I'm just sprucing it up. It should be done this week, but there you can still reach out to me. You can have my email, which is Josh Brisbane at savage syndicate group.com. 
Um, I respond to everybody. You can hit me up on Facebook, social media, all that is just Josh Brisbane. It's my name, B-R-I-S-B-A-N-E. Um, I respond to you because my number one goal is to inspire people to defend themselves. So if I just say what I say and then don't respond to anybody, then that's on me. So um, I'm definitely here for anybody who wants to reach out. I'll help you in any way I can. I will personally train you if you're in the area. Uh, but just do something because we are living in crazy times. They're only going to get crazier and we need to be the protectors of our family, of ourselves and our family. So I appreciate you having me on. It was a, it was an honor and uh, I had a great time talking to you. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, well, yeah, I definitely um, get in contact with Josh. If you guys are looking for something along the lines of helping your kids or helping you for that matter, whether it's husbands or wives, helping you guys defend your family, defend your kids or having them learn how to defend themselves. Make sure you're looking at the things that Josh is doing and reach out to him because I know that he would love to help. And Josh, uh, it's been an honor having you on, my friend. I'm glad that we've gotten a chance to connect uh, via virtually. Uh, and uh, we become good friends and I'm looking forward to growing this friendship. You got, you and I are so close as far as where yeah. we live that you and I are going to have to get together one of these days and break some bread, man. Let's do it. Let's do it for sure. I, I, I'd be an honor. I love it. Awesome. Uh, well, listen, guys, thank you again very much for joining me on another episode of Dad Up. Thank you again to my good friend, Josh Brisbane, for joining me. Make sure you guys are checking out the things that he's doing on social media. Go to his website, check out the book, pick it up, read it, let him know what your thoughts are on the book. And then as always, make sure you guys are subscribed to my show if you're not yet, so you don't miss awesome guests every single week like Josh. Um, thank you guys very much for joining me again. And I look forward to seeing you all on the next episode of Dad Up. Wow, another amazing episode in the books. So much was shared and I'm truly grateful my guest was able to pour into you to help you elevate your dad game and really dad up. Make sure you bang that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. And while you're here, please don't forget to leave me a rating and a review. I always appreciate the feedback. Also, did you know you can watch the video interview of this episode? You can by simply going to my YouTube channel at Dad Up Podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to my channel. And one last thing, don't forget, your role as a dad is one of the most important roles you have. So if you need a little help or have questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me on my website at daduptribe.com or at my Instagram page at daduppodcast. Until next time, everyone, dad up.